What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, the There's Something Going On Friday edition. And I told you that I might have a very special guest this week. And I do. However, it was not the very special guest that I said I was going to have when I made this announcement. He will be joining us next week, and that will be our friend Kofi Kingston. So last night when I realized it wasn't going to work, I was like, who should... Oh my God, who have I not talked to yet on the Friday something? Someone who I imagine was going to be a regular on There's Something Going On Fridays. Friend of the show, Ange Gold, Andrew Goldstein, known uh, for many things. His, as he would put it, cup of coffee in the WWE. um, His production of the great uh, complex Open Late with Peter Rosenberg, among many other uh, TV ventures that were varying degrees of more and less successful. Uh, And also, of course, the first wrestling podcast I was ever a part of, my co-host, on the Total Nonstop TNA podcast. Don't forget. Never forget. And never forget. Everyone forgot. Andrew Goldstein is here. Hey, Ange. Hi. How are you, Peter? You're also joined by the Rem Dog, but she's um, <clears throat> sleeping. My, Ange, that's, that's my second screen experience. There you go. Ange watching the screen of his child sleeping. What She goes to a big nap, big 9 a.m. nap. Yeah, because she wakes up at big 7 a.m. So 
So you can, so she can throw down. That's actually not too bad though. Up at seven, back for a nap at nine. It's kind of all right. Yeah, not that bad. But then, and then there's one more nap in the day, and then we cut the third nap, and and th- then she's up until she goes to bed at uh, seven p.m. Anyway, that's not bad though. I just want parent. Listen, we got a lot of parents who listen to this podcast. No. That's not bad. But then you throw a, a maniac four four year old in there, and it it all hell breaks loose. Like uh, you know. But it's great to, I haven't talked wrestling in a minute, so I'm excited. I should mention that I'm also originally from Jamaica, so uh, very similar to Kobe Kingston. (laughs) SOS. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's, no, honestly, I was excited to get the text. Like I said, it's been a minute. Everyone is, Andrew. Everyone who gets the text to come on Cheap Heat, it's a life-changing experience. Really, it stops you in your tracks. Um, So... What have you been, I guess there's obviously so much to talk about from the week. Um, and I'd like to do it without Dipperstein having to call Troy and tell him to edit out 90% of the podcast, um, which has happened recently. So let, let's just say this. I'm not going to talk in super detailed terms on the you know potential sale and what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But what a funny night it was just from the standpoint of the way we consume news now and the way we immediately, especially if someone has a verified check and just literally lays out one tweet that sounds pretty official, the entire wrestling world went into WWE has been purchased by Saudi Arabia. And I I really, I saw it start with essentially one writer who I should note, I've never, I'm not, I'm not discrediting the person, but it's not like I'd heard of the person, like someone I did not know started it. And then the real egg on the face to me goes to the verified wrestling accounts who all then just full fledged went in. This is it. Right. Yo, I saw someone 48 hours later. He came up to me. He's like, yo, man, can you believe it? WWE's in Saudi Arabia. I was like, I was like, dude, it was debunked 12 hours later. What are are you talking about? I, you know. In uh, January of 2023, it's very difficult to give any credit to Elon Musk, but uh, his whole thing about the blue checks and, you know, taking them away and redistributing them kind of makes some sense when you see stories happen like this, where it's just like, okay, maybe that guy does have some credentials, but it's clear he got something wrong. It's clear he heard something that he interpreted as final done deal you know pack up you know back up the mutant the moving trucks like art model yep. and he ran with it and then everybody else ran with it and then um you know credit to people like i think john alba who was just like no i called like it's not it's not happening this isn't this is it's all in the very beginning stages and, and also funny was like i saw the <clears throat> The very wrestling obsessed, I can't even call them wrestling writers, like the the David Bixen spans of the world, et cetera. I can't even call them because these are people who are obsessed with wrestling, but their number one obsession is trying to cover and uncover as many bad things about Vince McMahon as humanly possible. That's basically what they're, and by the way, I'm not saying that that can't be your cause. Knock yourself out if you're so interested. I just can't say you're covering wrestling because it's not what you're doing. So a lot of that crowd all jumped on the already, they were preemptively angry at the shills 
who would defend this move that didn't happen. They were preemptively like, oh, I can't wait to see what the what 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 uh, Ryan Satin has to say. Well, now what do you guys have to say? You actually just ran with a story that was not true. Right. And there's no accountability. None. This, this is a larger, uh, larger issue going on in the world right now is people put this stuff out and then it's wrong. And then there's no accountability. It happens in football and baseball and basketball reporting. It happens in political reporting. And, you know, obviously wrestling is ridiculous and really doesn't mean that that much. But like it's it's also really irresponsible. And, and like, you know, journalism is just, you know, dying before our eyes. It's yeah. And this one, and, and as far as wrestling stories go, this one felt important. There were real life implications of like, wow, what is this going to mean for a lot of people? Right. This wasn't um, uh, Mercedes Monet not showing up in TNA or uh, in AEW. Like this was, was a, this was potentially the biggest story in the history of wrestling. And you got it wrong, dude. <laughs> well, well, Andrew, that was beautifully said. Cut that uh, part, Troy. We need that. that. On a, let's put that on a uh, track and you can replay that. No, no, we're going to. That was good. Potentially the biggest story in the history of wrestling. Absolutely gotten wrong. So anyways, we don't know what the future holds. Uh, whether I saw a thing on CNBC the other day, and um, the big, guy... Big oh. CNBC, Mark. Huge Jim Cramer guy. You know, you Anyone who knows me well knows I spend a lot of time locked into CNBC. So, you know, I'm reading stocks and bonds and Peter, NASDAQ. Uh, having worked with Peter, he runs from his day job to home to watch Squawk Box and... <laughs> goes to ESPN no nap <laughs> you know I know a lot about the stock market really yeah. I'm, I'm super invested and know a lot no but I, I I saw the clip moving around of CNBC's conversation about it and according to Jabroni Pumpleduck whoever the person was talking he's like he doesn't even believe a sale is going to happen like so my point is we just don't know where this thing's going to go a lot of it could be posturing for a rights deal a lot of it could be a you know yesterday I saw a story moving around uh, about Nick Khan meeting with Disney. Like, there's all these different things. Today, the story is Tony Khan wants to buy WWE. Yeah. So, like, it's just been something different every day. I'm kind of just going to, for this show, lay out until we know exactly what's happening. But to the world of wrestling, uh, Andrew, I we already talked about this the other day with Dip and SGG, but I want to ask you about it because I know you'll have thoughts. Like, I was so miffed. I understand why Sasha Banks made the decision she made because she's a real lover of the art form of wrestling to go to Japan. I get that part. But everything after that and how that thing was delivered to me felt very womp womp. Uh, I mean, I texted it to the group. I was just like, uh, "What guys, like, what is this? I mean, look, the crowds in Japan are different. That You have to put that out. Because you can't just watch it with American eyes and say, whoa, the crowd was silent. Well, that's what they do. Right. There's but a lot of silence. There was just no juice to that whole thing. Um, her sort of gesticulations and like dance, you know, sort of like stripper adjacent dancing. Like it just it felt like it didn't it didn't play there in, in a weird way. I thought um, her promo felt very written. You could kind mm -hmm. of see. Oh, yeah. And more so than any any anything else, the the physicality I thought stunk. It was it made no sense. It was a handshake into the into the thing, and then she and then all of a sudden, um, sorry, I don't know the 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 person, the other person who was in the ring. Wasn't it Kyrie Sane? Right, Kyrie Sane. She acted as if she got hit with an anvil in a in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like 
no, you're not knocked out from that move, right? Like we, I keep seeing this in wrestling where people are just knocked out cold having taken a regular wrestling move. Like she should be on the ground writhing, right? Not, not like eyes closed still while while Mercedes Monet cuts this, you know, sort of snooze promo. It was it was it was odd, man. Um, so that brings us to some things. We're going to get to some mailbag today, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. It's been promised, and it's very, very full. And so there's so many uh, to read about, including one that I know uh, Goldstein will be excited about. Um, a guy named Phil sends us an email called uh, Idea for a Dip Spinoff Show. So I know you'll be excited. Ooh. I mean, you're a producer. Uh, this is what you I do. I love a good spinoff. I love a good spinoff. <laughs> then you love a good pitch. So... Uh, what stood out to you this week? We texted a bit during Raw. We texted a bit during uh, Dynamite. W where are you at this week? Uh, three or so weeks into 2023. I mean, the biggest thing that stands out to me, um, big picture, and then we can uh, drill, you know, di uh, drill down to Dynamite this week, is just um, 2022 was a tough year for Tony Khan in terms of booking. Uh, obviously not all his... Not all his doing, not all his fault. A lot of crazy, weird things happened, mm -hmm. and uh, he had to make, pivot a lot. Some of his pivots worked. Some, of, most of his pivots did not work. There, there wasn't a uh, a Dusty and Nikita pivot, if you will. Like no. uh, his choices were very head scratchingly odd. And then we get to 2023, and they have the new set, and it really does feel like a reboot. Like these last three or so dynamites have been dynamite dude like they've been great they've Ooh. been really really solid shows like the the logic holes are sort of cut in half uh production wise it looks better there's like like okay brian danielson's a huge star like let's put him in the main event let's give him a story that's like you can sink your teeth into boom check right? i wonder i as you're saying it i think about the timeline yeah how, how much could this be tied to my f a former producer, Mike Mansuri, probably getting settled in over a couple of weeks and really getting more involved in the overall thing, this whole operation. Uh, I'll be super cynical and I'll say maybe it's the fact that the Jaguars are in the playoffs and uh, Tony's busy, so maybe some other people are... Uh, I know, I don't want to be a dick. <laughs> Shout out to Tony Khan, he's good. But um, I just... I, perhaps I don't know Mike so well. I've heard amazing things about him. Everybody that has worked with him says he's the real deal. And so, look, I'm just happy that T that I keep saying TNA that AEW is hiring professionals um, who know TV production. Because for me, it's like a production nerd, format nerd. It drives me crazy some of the easy sort of production faux pas that that they were committing, you know, over the last two years. I mean. To be super nerdy, and you'll get it, it drove me crazy. As good as Adam Cole's entrance was and the pop and his, you know, his promo was super emotional. He was ignoring the hard camera and it was driving me crazy. He was, he was walking, he was facing every camera but the hard camera. I was screaming at the TV. Like that's, you know. That's, so that's literally 101. Like if we're doing big time. And and then by the way, a guy from WWE should not do that. Come I mean... He's playing to the the handheld in the ring, which is fine for like, you know, emphasis. But he's doing the whole promo to these to the side cameras and the handhelds. It's like, come on, dude, take one step, you know, rotate yourself a half a half margin, and and you're doing, you know, whatever. It is what it is. 
Am I? Am, do you think? Am, am I not a good wrestling fan? And in that I must have not watched nearly enough NXT because I still never have any idea when in the song the crowd's going to yell for the things they yell for for Adam Cole. I have no idea. I'm always early on the booms. I'm always either early or late. I never get it right. I don't know how he gets it right every time. I know. It doesn't so, sound like a part of the song. Like it doesn't sound like it's on beat in any way to me. I don't right. get it. I mean, you're the I mean, you're the music guy, you're the hip hop guy and it's just like it's just off uh, off center, but um, I would mess it up even if I was him, and I've done it a million times. Um, but all I, right, that entrance music—I don't love. He's not my favorite guy, but man, to be away as long as he was away for just take away his injury, just the the idea of a wrestler stepping away and coming back, and how much that means in wrestling. I don't know that there's a better entrance music song to make a dramatic return with than than that i mean that crowd was hyped it was la it was a bunch of comedy oh, it was great but like that song is so hyped and then has the crowd involvement like it it it's like glass break of jace i mean listen they, they didn't get hype they stayed hype you know what yeah. i'm saying shout out to mojo newly married um it was L.A. did bring a good, great crowd, and not just because you know Dipperstein was definitely front row, but they I, they, they I, was, I grabbed him. Yeah, Andrew caught this green grab. Him looking very agenty, like it, he was in the middle he, of a nebbishy so conversation. I, want, I just wanted I want to um, dive into this a little bit. It looked like he was um, kvetching about his seats, like he was standing up with a bunch of other people. It looked like he was arguing, like these aren't the seats that I was given. I'm the I'm Dipperstein. <laughs> By the way, extremely possible. But the L.A. crowd is good, man. It's one of those sleeper things you wouldn't think that L.A. would be such a great wrestling crowd, but it yeah. really is. They 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 bring it. I thought it was a solid show, too. I, I, I got an email this week that I thought was interesting. And uh, where is it? Okay, here it is. Mail. And it, it says something needs to change with MJF. Um and like this, like this topic. He's and 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 by, it's a tough topic because uh, I'm very very fond of MJF and I think he truly. Oh, it's not really tough because it really doesn't say very much about MJF. I I, I think that he is you know a top talent in the biz. He is right there at the tippy top of the list in in rarefied air um in all of wrestling. But this I think this is interesting though. Um, as a member of the tribe, it pains me to say this, but something has gotten stale when it comes to MJF. This storyline will mark the fifth time in AEW someone will have to go through a series of matches or punishments to earn a match with Max, even though we all know the match will occur. Cody, Jericho, Punk, who had to earn their matches, uh, who who had to earn both matches with MJF, Wardlow, and now Brian. They basically make, this basically makes weeks of TV a fait accompli. Um... When he doesn't do this storyline, his feuds have not been good. Um, MJF for president versus Moxley, um, inner circle. I disagree. I I, really, I liked the pinnacle inner circle thing. Um, and his most recent Mox feud with the confusing Regal component. Now, I guess making people earn a match with Max can make him feel special, but it now comes off as lazy. I don't know if it's on MJF, Tony, or some combination, but if this does not change, soon will Max, Max will have to go to WWE to avoid becoming... Becoming more stale. Would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I need to collect. I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm just. I want to get it right. I. 
he hasn't been done many favors in terms of his booking. And again, not all Tony. There were some circumstances with uh, the shine being sort of stolen from him at certain huge moments in his career, uh, you know, a.k.a. Punk's blow up in the press conference on the night when uh, MJ was supposed was to be. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be his night. But I will I think it's a great observation by uh, the emailer. And I will say that it's weird to me to have such a. Can I say SHI such a crap yeah. talk, sure. uh, such a talking heel champion and have no entourage. I know that they've dabbled with entourages. And obviously that was one of the pivots that did not work is sort of the, whatever they called uh, big bill and, and that whole uh, faction coming to save him, blah, blah, blah. It's just weird to me to have MJF. Who's not the biggest guy out there um, doing what he does. And there's nobody sort of uh, doing the physicality for him. Like, Yes, you want to build him as a chicken shit heel, but to do the same shtick every time where he just runs away when somebody tries to get physical, I don't know that I think that works once or twice. But if you don't have a big bill behind you, if you don't have a, a um, you know, like, I don't know, Miro or somebody that like intimidates a heater behind you. At some point, there's got to be some physicality. And, and I'm not talking about just like shoving him on the ramp like you need to put some some roadblocks in front of your opponent. Um, we saw that with the Heenan family. Like how much better is Hogan versus Andre when Hogan has to go through, you know, Bundy and Sud and all the other guys that are, that are in the, the Heenan family. I, it just strikes me as weird to have MJF on an Island every single week when he's not the biggest guy, the most intimidating guy. And so it's like double the chicken shit. But I, in a way that doesn't work, that's stop. That's starting to not work as well. I I, I hear you. Um, like, listen. Fortunately, because of Max, Max's aforementioned talent. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, he's so talented that I think they can just allow it to be like, listen, it's going to get over. It's Max. He's over, and they're right. But I also agree with the emailer that like. Every time it's just going to be, I won't fight you. You have to fight other people. There has to be another way. Like I, I was hoping I want to see with him and, and Brian. Um, I want to see more than we've seen before. I want to see him bring, at least bring things up that haven't been brought up. I'd like to see him out of studio a little bit. Like I'd like to see him go somewhere else, you know, take a trip to Seattle and show us what a dump that town is, you know, just a little extra the homeless problem um yeah but walk into starbucks and just pour a coffee out on the floor like whatever it is i just think they i just think it's kind of like hey max you got this go ahead and i really think that's true in terms of the heaters too like they went from he had wardlow which worked him and wardlow was a thing and it absolutely worked and max made wardlow and wardlow himself really got himself over for that period then he went with nobody then they have him all of a sudden have like this weird, he has 10 people around him. Then all those people are gone and now he's completely alone again. Right. And then they introduced that like little, when he came back under the mask and he was, you know, helped by that crew of like misfits, 
that fizzled after two weeks. That's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Like the, the, and it was so many. So all of a sudden they're 10. Now they're zero. I mean, what's going on here? And never explained. It was just like, you can use us when you need us, but we're not going to roll with you. And then they just sort of disappeared and started doing their own thing. I just, it just, uh, look, I would love, I am all for like breaking the, you know, the tried and true things that work and, and trying other things and experimenting. But some tried and true things work. And one of those is like putting your heel champion behind a heater like Diesel, who can like do your business for you and you can talk your shit and nobody's going to touch you instead. And also, believe me, I'm not in favor of a authority figure, but this story begs for an authority figure. I mean, MJF is just coming out making his own matches. Right. Right. That's a, it's a, that's a great point, too. My favorite. Nobody, ma- my- nobody's coming out and saying, MJF, you have to wrestle tonight. My favorite, uh, exactly. My and, and maybe Adam Pierce should just randomly show up and say it. It'd be great. We're my, my favorite Max line, though, I did pop big for him calling Freddie Prince a Scooby Dooby douchebag. I did think that was. It was great, and calling him. Con- what was it? Uh, concussion. Uh, what? What did uh, he say? Brain damage, Danielson. Oh no, that was the brain damage. Danielson was. No, listen. That, but that's again. That's what I'm talking about. We all know Max is going to bring the heat on the mic. But give him the extra stuff around it so this thing can last and be that much better moving forward. Because it's just it's just the beginning. This is just the beginning of of, of MJF. Yeah. And um, and I'm sure as we get closer to the go home and the show, like uh certain things will happen they'll they'll touch and there'll be some physicality. But like I wanna see Daniel, you know, uh, I wanna see Danielson get him in a submission hold and have him like you know, get out and r- and run, as opposed to just talk their shit and go. Um, but I'm excited to see where it goes. This is finally the, 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 the opponent for, for, uh, MJF that I think can like really put him over. And it's finally the opponent for Brian to make him meaningful. Yeah. They both, they both stand to gain uh, a lot from this story. So what do you take? What do you think about raw this week? Um, it's getting a bit, you know, there's a lot of, there's a narrative on, social media that the bloodline's getting a little stale um oh that's but, that that's on social media honestly yeah i didn't know that because like we brought it up this week i i did not know that was a thing people are talking about and i was kind of like guys does the last couple of weeks feel a little not all the way there i mean to what we just talked about it's a bit of rinse and repeat it's just you know they're like biding time until we get closer to the next time roman's going to appear and wrestle and so they just have the usos sort of causing trouble and and they've kind of relaxed the tension with sammy and and whatever and they're trying to get um i you know look i love kevin owens and i love Sami Zayn, and if that's what that's what it seems like we're building to at wrestlemania like that's exciting i just think we're in the doldrums before the you know once we get to the rumble it's like full steam ahead every show is going to be fun leading up to mania but we're in those like hard weeks where they just got to get to what they're planning in the rumble. And so everything kind of feels like placeholder. This episode is brought to you by eBay motors, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So here's a thought, guys. Can you, if we know, we know this is going to end up with Sami Zayn and the bloodline not being good. But like, maybe because the tension has been there, Sammy wants to do a group building exercise. And so they go, out, you, again, leave the building. Like Sammy and the, and, and the bloodline, the bloodline in general, have never been anywhere. Maybe walking to the arena, but like they're only in that little like, dressing room we've never seen we've never added any extra life to the bloodline right like edge throwing cena in this in the in the uh new england sound yeah and and austin and rocky and the title getting thrown in the in the yeah. title, in the in the water like just something to give it a little more spice you know i would love a, i would love a because a, a, you also got to fill these weeks you got to fill these weeks with something, and we all know where it's going. So what can you do to not feel like you're just stalling week to week, but you're actually doing something still with the relationship between Sammy and the bloodline? I'm, I mean, this is a, I'm just very curious to, it's curious to me that they're doing these vignettes with Cody because, you know, everybody wants to see Cody and, and Roman, and they're teasing that Cody's coming back and they're, they're really making us invest again, uh, invest back into Cody at the same time as trying, you know, trying to keep the bloodline over and keep our interest in Roman. It's just very curious to me. I don't think they're going to make a switch, but I'm curious to see what they do with Cody coming back because it seems like it's going to have to be after mania to start telling that story again. But then again, in his vignettes, he's saying he wants the world title. That's he's, he's back on the, um, I want to do this for dusty. So they're teasing something. I don't know that are they teasing something that's going to happen after mania, but, or is, is there sort of a, a, a curveball here and, and 
you know, Cody's going to make a return in the rumble and win it. And, and we get Cody and, and, and Roman at mania. And they just sort of hotshot that back into, into the top spot. Just I, it's, eerie. I, it's just curious to me. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I, you know me, I just really hope they don't completely telegraph Cody into the rumble. Like I, I still would like his num- music to hit and it to mean something not to just be like, we find out three weeks before the rumble that Cody's number no. 18. I, I don't want we that. About this every year is the telegraphing of the numbers should never happen. I know that they use it as a promotional item to get people to tune in, but it's just like, let the whole thing be a mystery. Uh, and and also, yeah, it, 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 like they'll leave some years very often now. We'll count on the show how many slots we don't know. It's like four. I know. I know. I mean, it's bad. And I mean, fundamentally in the rumble, you already know there's like two to three, maybe four people who actually have a chance of winning it. So you're, right. your numbers are already cut. And then exactly. you, and then you telegraph it by telling us the first 18 participants. It's like, come on, guys. Our favorite, everyone's favorite moments of the last few years rumbles is uh, is returns. Like yeah. uh, I've said this, unfortunately, the best, it's so terrible to say, the best thing that can happen to a stale performer is to get injured because there's no other recourse for them to go away other than to get injured. And so, I mean, it's the, it's the best for your career to go away for six months and then come back. Especially Especially if the timing can work out where the rumble is the way you get to come back. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's because then you don't have to even win the rumble. All you have to do is show up, throw a few people out and, and, and create that first seed and whatever the next story is going to be. That's it. Exactly. Um, let's, uh, let's read a little more mail here. Let's do it. Mail. I know, I know Andrew Goldstein will have something to say about this. Uh, dear Rosencrantz and Greg and Stern. I'm so over watching grown men have slap fights. There's no excitement or pleasure in watching wrestlings, watching wrestlers tenderize each other's chests. If wrestling insists on going down the cat fight route, it would be more fun watching them go at each other with handbags. Steve. Um, I feel like some earrings should be pulled, some wigs. Um, here's the thing. And I've wanted to bring this point up with you for probably close to two years. I've had it. It's been since um, I've had it since uh, uh uh, lockdown since uh, quarantine because in quarantine I watched Malice at the Palace. I'm sure you've seen it. Yes, the documentary about uh, the fight with Ron Artest. At, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, of it's, course. And it struck me watching that uh, documentary how real men fight in like a real intense pull apart style ru- sort of uh, fight. You know what I'm saying? Like the pushing and the shoving and the, and then we see heat segments on raw and SmackDown and dynamite. And it's like, I don't know how many fights you've been in. I certainly haven't been in many, but like you watch something like uh, malice at the palace and there's not a, not a lot of clubbing forearms being given. There's not a lot of light boot kicks to the small of the back being given. And there's not a lot of people being thrust into a uh, road case. Like there is, you know, and there's not a lot of like pull apart, separate, and then the guy gets loose and runs free and jumps over the pile. Like we've seen all of that. And I know this is a bit of a tangent because you, the, the the emailer brought up the slapping, which, but it just goes to like, it's just not, it just isn't real. Like people will point to the slapping as like a Japanese hard way, you know, um, 
strong style thing, but it does. It's not what happens when there's like a heated personal argument. Like, go watch Malice at the Palace. It's a lot of like biting and scratching and clawing and and like being held back and kicking and you know maybe somebody gets like a real fist in there. It it just looks completely different when you see grown men act, act like want to rip each other's faces off. It does not and look like that. Yeah. Wrestling do not look like that anymore. Like you go back and you watch the horsemen do what they used to do. And it looked real. I mean, maybe because I was 10 years old, it looked more real than um, it actually does. But I saw some kicks on dynamite with like the JAS in sneakers. I mean, uh, Hager is like the biggest guy in the company and he's doing these light ballet taps on the person's the small of their back. And it's just like, come on, man, like let's have a, like, let's have a fight. There's ways to do it. Yeah. This, this thing is, is fighting. I, I, I'm, it's very, very common and the slap can't be part of it. Yeah. So the slapping is like, it's a fun spot. It's way overdone. It's the super kick of 2023, right? It's it's just like everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to, sh- to show how tough they are. And like, oh, there's realism because you actually get to see the marks on the on my chest when, when you, you know, from the slaps. But it's like, I don't know, save that for once a year, twice a year. It's not something you can incorporate into every single match. Male. Phil says, hey, guys. Uh, fair to say dip is more over than ever and currently the number one baby face on cheap heat. So is it time to give the peckerheads what they want and launch a Dipperstein led spinoff vehicle? How about an adjacent talk show where dip and a rolling guest of the week hit up various bagel spots in LA and share turbulent stories while reviewing their bagel orders working title, turb your enthusiasm. What are your teas? Cheers and enjoy yourselves. Phil from Scotland. <laughs> People are talking. People are talking. Turb your enthusiasm is is a good idea. I'm into it. Yeah, I was um, I was just very uh, disappointed and really, frankly, disturbed at Dip's bagel order the other day. Uh, I, I, Andrew, thank you. Please go ahead. Keep going. I to, for the life of me, somebody of Dip's uh, status and uh, you know uh, uh, Jewy level, to, for lack of a better term. Um, to be putting all sorts of Michigas on a bagel like that, it's not a Chicago hot dog, buddy. It's a yeah, bagel. It's, it's a, it's, you know? It, it's completely counter, you would think, to who he is. Who, like, wants, who wants all these water-based vegetables on a bagel? It makes no sense to me. It's like, it's a vessel for a spread and a fish and, and a maybe cheese. one, and no, no, and, and come on, and you can and you can have a slice of tomato. You can throw one. <laughs> Well, there you go. My thing, but I understand that people love it. It's still standard issue. Like, but lettuce, he's just making a sandwich and like lettuce and and cheese. And then he puts the slice of cheese on top of the cream cheese. I don't mind. I mean, cheese on top of cream cheese on top of white. I do certain things like that. But lettuce is the most goyasha. I know. Thing I have ever heard. Like lettuce (laughs) and roll on a, it's just. Not maybe so- we should make a new. Maybe we should make a new cheap heat shirt that says "You order bagels like a gentile." Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's really. Um, I was just really appalled, frankly, and embarrassed by uh, my fellow countryman uh, Dipperstein. He needs to work on his bagel game. The traditions are the tr- traditions for a reason. That's right. Listen, I agree. When you're making a bagel at home, like let's say you have a, a bagel 
and all this, my favorite way to eat bagels, which is you have a bagel at home and all the spreads are on the table over a brunch and you're just continuously changing the bagel. You're, you know, I'm, ha I'm putting cream cheese on a piece. I'm, I'm, I'm in that case. Yeah. You want to add a slice of cheese. Sure. You want to add locks right on top of that. Okay, cool. But he orders this insane sandwich. It's just like, I honestly, I found myself I, embarrassed. I can't believe they made it. I yeah, would have asked my boss, am I allowed to make this? Yeah, this is this is very, very weird. All right, let, last email. I got to go. And I, I now have to go do another podcast. Um, such is life for ma, me. Ma, 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 mail. What up, star of Davidson, great guy Greg, and the wizard of Ashkenaz? God, Where, what have we done? Uh, if the members of the Hurt Business reunite, I'd like to see them add Omos and rename the group the Hurt Foundation. Major. I know you got MVP's number. Hit them up. Also, you, Greg, and Dip should do a foodie podcast and call it The Faces of Schmear. Stay mage and enjoy yourself, Don. Uh, something's um, going on with your listeners. Um, I That is, to me, the first thing I thought about is that is one of those, I mean, look, I was, my cup of coffee was 15 years ago. I, I'll put that on the table. Lots of things have changed. But the first thing I thought of when I heard that pitch is that's the kind of pitch you, you pitch in the writer's room and as a rib, Michael Hayes is like, yeah, sure. Let's pitch that in the room with the big man and just like let the let the new writer be on an island, get all excited at the table, pitch the hell out of it and have Vince just shit all over it in front of all of your colleagues on your first week when you thought you had this great idea for the Hurt Foundation, <laughs> just looks up from his phone and just with his eyes, just like laser beams out of his eyes and just you know, explodes your head in front of all of your colleagues. So uh, it's a very creative pitch. It would just get destroyed in the writer's room. Um, the, I don't care if they're called the Hurt Foundation or the Hurt Business. I do agree that they have an opportunity there to build that into a real feeling faction. I oh, do, 100%. that's, it's. They broken it up. They the never should have broken it up. The idea that they were taking attention off of Bobby is such an antiquated premise. Um, again, it's like you want to put these champions on an island and fight, you know, be by themselves. Again, like going back to MJF, I, I want champions to, to be chicken shit and hide behind three people and have people do their bidding for them as Flair did with the horsemen. It's like you have to go through Arn, Tully, Wyndham, Luger, JJ to get to me. And so uh, I'm all for the Hurt Business. You know, I mean, we both love MVP like a, like, you know, like a relative. And so um, they never should have broken it up. I thought the logic for breaking it up was not um, sound. And, uh, you know, give Shelton another run here. Uh, well said. Uh, Andrew, I don't even need to have a long goodbye here. You'll be on again soon. Thank you for filling in for Kofi Kingston. And if for some reason, God forbid, he has an injury before the Rumble, yeah, maybe you maybe you jump in. I think he's going for like his 17th. Kofi, they said the other day on Raw, second most Rumbles ever to Kane. Yeah. Time I mean, he, I, it's funny. I mean, he was in development. He was the, the prized possession in developmental when I was, uh, you know, in on creative and we were all trying to get him. And he was, you know, the, we were just like, this guy's going to be a star. And here we are all these years later, he's a former world champion. And and he's been, you know, and uh, he's part of the like most successful tag team in, in WWE history. And, you know, he's like a stalwart of the Royal Rumble. Like you I mean, can't he, really 
without him. So um, get get well soon, Kofi. I don't know. He, is he injured? No. no, he's fine. I was just saying, if God forbid something would happen. Right. My head is messed up from Dip's bagel order. So I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for Ange Gold and Troy the Goy, I am uh, Peter Rosenberg at Rosenberg Radio, of course, at Ange Gold, A N G E Gold on Twitter, and RosenbergBeats at gmail.com for your emails. The baby is still sleeping, so we do not wake her up. Everyone, stay mage and enjoy yourself this weekend. I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.